Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm an army brat. Not your average army brat. Elite. I grew up in a little town south of Munich, Bad Tulls. Bad Tulls is the type of town that you could imagine if you were watching The Sound of Music and Maria's dancing around and the mountains are behind her. That's where I grew up. Bad Tulls was the home of U.S. Army Special Forces 10th Group. When I was a child, I grew up there. I was there for five years. And later on, my dad got reassigned as a sergeant major to go back, right in the middle of my senior year of high school. It was okay. It was the best place to be. And not only that, it was the longest place I'd ever been. It was beautiful. We were ready to go back. So, special forces, they're not your average soldiers. They're not privates out of high school. These are professionals. They jump out of airplanes, fly out of high-altitude airplanes, ski, mountain climb, scuba dive. These are professionals. So my dad has a family meeting. He tells us immediately, you are not to go to the clubs. Having young daughters was a problem. He knew it. What do I do? I visit my friends at the club. (laughs) So I run into a beautiful man. He's got blue eyes. He's gorgeous. He's 20 years older than me. Dudley. He loves history. He loves music. He loves to hike, likes to bike ride. He's wonderful. I fall head over heels. He won't have anything to do with me. Our group of friends consisted of soldiers, high schoolers, college students. We went rafting down the Izar River. We'd go to the Hofbra House for beers on the weekend. We had a great time. He didn't have anything to do with me. I would watch him like a hawk. Finally, at a college party in Munich, I get a kiss. Immediately, he tells me, you were too young. I look at him and I say, I'm gonna marry you, Dudley. And I walked away. (laughs) So, I go off to college. Both Dudley and my dad get deployed to Operation Provide Comfort. There in my dorm room in Santa Fe, I'm watching the news trying to figure out where in the world are they, what's going on. It was very scary. They're on the CNN news. I would get letters from Dudley about this arid place and these beautiful Kurdish people. Finally, they move back 
They're done with their mission. They go back to battles. So do I. I was done. I was done. I was staying close home to family. I needed to be by my family. Being on the other side of the world was a little too much for me. So Dudley and I get back together. We're dating, going to museums, traveling, having a great time. Now, Dudley has had some hardships. He had been married twice before. He had a child that had passed away. He had battled cancer. He was actually resigned to be a bachelor. So he had other girlfriends. One time, I found out he was in Portugal with a girlfriend I didn't know anything about. I was heartbroken, devastated. We broke up. Months later, I get a letter. Meet me at the Oktoberfest in front of the Augustiner tent at 7 o'clock. It worked. <laughs> I found him. This time, we get back together. We're traveling Europe. We're having a great time. Now, we decide we're going to get married. A trip to Prague kind of sealed the deal for us. We end up building our family. We move to Fort Devens, Massachusetts. Then we move on to Fort Carson, Colorado. He retires. He brings me here to Des Moines, Iowa. Never in a million years did I ever think that I would be raising my family here. So I dive into work. We build a happy family together. As our daughter grows, we decide we need to come up with a family mission. He was really firm on no man gets left behind. Kept hearing it, it was on the refrigerator. It was always there. So as time goes on, all of a sudden, the things that we liked to do became a challenge. We couldn't figure out which restaurant we wanted to go to. It was an argument. We couldn't figure out how much to tip. That was an argument. All of a sudden, he was second-guessing me on every turn. I couldn't figure out what was going on. All of a sudden, he'd forget his keys. He'd lose his cell phone. He forgot the garage door opener somewhere. I'd get out of bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, let him out, close the door, go back to bed, and repeat over and over and over again. Something wasn't wrong with the relationship. Something was wrong with him. Finally, he has a surgery. It's a stomach surgery. It's supposed to be a two-hour surgery that went into 10 hours. Complications. He's in ICU. When he finally comes to, he is mad at the world. There's nothing I can do to make it better. Nothing. He comes home. He's agitated, frustrated. Within a day and a half of coming home, we call for mental services. The police show up. He's in jail for domestic abuse. He didn't get the help he needed that day. So, with some friends that helped, we got him to the VA. They help him out. The nurse says, you know what? 
he does have dementia. <sighs> the answer I needed, I can work with this. Then she asked me, does he use meth? No. What a horrible question, what does she mean? It's in his labs, he came back positive. I had no idea, this isn't the person I married. I call my family, they come, it's what family, they do. They search our house, all of a sudden, the dining room table looks like a scene out of Breaking Bad. He's not well. We're hoping things will work out. He gets released. Within a short time, I discover he's using in our house. I tell him, you gotta go. You're not keeping us safe. He didn't put up an argument. He left. He stayed with his folks. During two years of COVID, we were estranged. Every now and then, we would talk to each other. What's our marriage gonna look like? Are we gonna divorce, get a separation? Can we get back together? I don't know. All of a sudden, this past September, both his parents pass away. He's devastated. He's depressed. He's on a tailspin. He's texting me these wandering messages that don't mean anything, that don't make sense. By chance, we happen to discover someone's taking his money. They've gotten into his bank account. They've been closed. He doesn't have access to his own income. It's bad. We need help. We call Department of Human Services. We call Polk County Sheriff Department. We call Des Moines Police Department. We get all the help we can get. We get him back to the VA. He's safe. He looks great. He's healthy. He's growing a beautiful, beautiful Bavarian German beard right now. It looks different now. We sit, we chat. His short-term memory is gone. He can't remember spreading his mother's ashes. The same conversations go over and over again. How are you doing? I love you. You're my soulmate. How are the kids? They're constantly feeding me here. It repeats. I don't know what my marriage is gonna look like going forward. It's new. But what I do remember is reflecting back on that mission statement. No man gets left behind. That's where I'm at. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.